Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week's episode is brought to you by our good, good, beautiful, beautiful friends from Bloke in a Bar. We love Bloke in a Bar. I had a few Bloke in a Bars on the weekend and I'm feeling fantastic. What a beautiful time it is to be alive, back out and seeing our friends and family. Hope you're loving it so much, but um, yeah, in all seriousness, Bloke in a Bar... Love you guys. Um, thanks so much for the love and support. The show would be nowhere without you, and it's been allowing us to do our thing all year and um, and keep going. So going to be drinking plenty of those coming into the festive season. Make sure you try them out, fam. They're in so many new stockers all over Australia. In Victoria, Duncan's West Brunswick Cellars, Mona Cellars Newborough, Mona Cellars Corumbara, Eve Central IGA and Liquor, Frenchies IGA Glen Waverley. In WA, Malaga Tavern, Gate Bar and Bistro, Ashby Celebrations, Liquor Baron Swanburn, and in Tassie, Celebrations Kingston and Celebrations Eastlands. Check it out and make sure your next slab of choice is a bloke in the bar. Let's go. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week, super excited, super pumped to get this kid on the show. I've wanted to have a chat with him for so long. Zach Butters from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So impressed with this guy. Um, not just in his footballing ability, but but who he is off the field too. He has an incredible story. Growing up in Bacchus Marsh, uh, country boy, and um, he's an absolute legend. Love him. Um, and he's super honest and, and really really got really vulnerable with a lot of his story. He's faced some, some massive adversity in his life with his family um, and, and addiction across that he really opened up about, which was which is unbelievable. And I yeah, can't thank him enough for his open honesty on that. Spoke about his mindset in footy and, and how he's really got to where he has and the perspective he has in the game and the people who have influenced him on the way, um, the relationship with the players that he's had in the draft, like Rosie and, and Dersmer and the impact that they've had so early in their career. But, you know, Port Adelaide has really put a lot of their faith in him and, and those players to, to take him to the next level, which which is evident. Um, he also spoke about how cool it is playing for, for Port and their on-ground experience. I know for me, like, fuck, that'd be just amazing. Walking out to In Excess, a rockin' Adelaide Oval and all the Port Adelaide supporters, Yellen Khan, the pair. We also spoke about his off-season, what he's been up to, playing golf, bit of fishing, so much in there. Love this chat with Zach Butters. He's an absolute star and, um, yeah, can't wait to get over the, to Port, stay at his house. Yeah, we're going to hang out because we're really good friends now. So, yeah, cheers, Illy. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. In many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Man. the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How do this is for meditating? It's like, I had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Zach Butters, welcome to the show, my friend. It's an honor, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege to have you in the studio. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Um, I must apologize. We've been chatting for the last like 10 minutes. <laughs> And I said you were from Gippsland for about five, about five times and you politely were just like going with it for, I reckon, the first three until you pulled me up. And I, I for some reason, I thought Dali was in Gippsland. Yeah, I was a bit, <laughs> I was a bit confused at the start. And then I thought, um, we better get on top of this before the show starts. So I was thinking, he's going to ask me about Gippsland. I'm going to have nothing to say. So I'm like, gave me a little tour of yeah. where Bacchus Marsh is yeah. for you. We're just looking through the main street. It's beautiful. And shout out to Bacchus Marsh. It's a beautiful place. I need to get there. Um... 
and um, beautiful people of Dali. I apologise for that that muck up. We'll get into it. No, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to do this pod for a long time. Um, so good to have in the studio. You're back in Melbourne at the moment, obviously living down at Dali at this stage. How's it all going? Yeah, it's always nice time of you to get back back home and see your family and friends, and um, it's just refreshing um, getting back to where you grew up and just knowing the place. And um, yeah, like probably my, like other than playing footy and playing in big games, probably my second, third favorite thing to do um, in my spare time is just get back home and just relax for a bit. You've been playing some golf. <laughs> I'm a keen golfer at the moment. I must say, your swing, I, I got a bad swing. Yours is horrific. It's like, I thought it was in slow motion when you were coming down that ball. I, I thought you were like having a stroke or something like that. Yeah, so basically picked up golf a year ago. I did I did listen to your little recent 47 on the back yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hit 47? <laughs> my best is 44 today. No, it isn't. But I, I wasn't using pinnacles, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, 47, I'm, I'm happy to take that. If yeah. I walk off with 47 every day. Oh, mate, I... Yeah, that day I was playing. I, it's funny because I put that down and I think if I, people think 47 is what I would have hit average, like that's not what I'm averaging. Like the, the game after that I hit like a 60. So um, look, it's good fun to get out. I'm actually going to head out this afternoon and play it um, at Burnley, Royal Burnley. There's a Burnley golf course here. When I say Royal, it's not. It's like the worst golf course in, in Melbourne. It's beautiful. But your one in Dali looked pretty good. Oh, it's... It's it's pretty nice, like for Darling back yeah. to Marsh, but um, probably compared to Will Burnley, it yeah. might not be up there, mate. That um, par three you were playing on, though, I swear, if you hit that ten meters more, you're literally killing someone. Oh, that's in my backyard. Oh, is in your backyard? Yeah, that's my backyard. Yeah. Oh, so you got a little par three in your backyard? <laughs> yeah. So I just like when I got home, I was like just been trying to grind my golf game. So I said to Dad, like, I'm going to jump on the ride on, just like mow a little green. That's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I don't, you don't want to miss long. And yeah, sorry to all my neighbours. <laughs> People in back smash, but just watch out and how it's way. Mate, we'll get the video up. It's on your Instagram, that brothers. Um, that's I actually thought that was a hole. Yeah, no, nah, that's just the backyard. It's about fifty meters. So yeah, um, I have bladed a few that drive it. trickled near the road. Yeah, so they've stopped the heart a few times. But <laughs> mum and dad sort of shaking their head kind of business. So they weren't too pleased with it. What are you using for that? Is that a pitching weight? You'd probably be driving that. that, that was, <laughs> yeah, the <a> hybrid. <laughs> nah, that was my, my little fifty-eight. Love it. Oh, good. We'll have to get out of a game. Um, when I get over to Adelaide or to Bacchus Marshall Daly, we'll, we'll definitely have a game. Um, but being busy, I suppose, taking a break, big season, we'll get into that shortly. You've been doing some streaming. You've been in Perth. You've been a busy boy. Yeah, it was nice. I'd never really been to Perth. Um, and then Mitch and Georgie are sort of banging on about it all year, like they do, the Perth boys. They just love it. Love it back there. So I thought, better give it a chance, and I'll head back there with him for four or five days. And, um, yeah, it was pretty sick to get over there and actually see more of Perth and Lucky to go over to Rotto Island and mm. do a bit of fishing and swimming and stuff. So, yeah, thanks to Mitch for that and Perth for having me. Off season, you had a couple injuries this year. What are you What are you focusing on? What's getting better this off season? We spoke to CJ a few weeks ago. Um, you know, another young player in the game. But this time of year for someone like yourself and anyone in the AFL really, but you really like have to use it to get better and focus on things that you're good at for one, but other things as well. Yeah, like you said, it's a really important time of year for especially us young football players and, yeah. um, who are trying to make that next step and sort of become dominant players in the league. So, um, yeah, for me, it's like 
um, just putting on some more weight and um, getting bigger in the gym. That's probably my main thing. And um, yeah, so at the moment, I'm just working working hard in the gym and then just keep improving my running. So, but mainly just, yeah, trying to eye some more midfield time off um, in our team, which is going to be pretty hard to do. But um, yeah, just want to get bigger and stronger so I can sort of mix it with the big boys in there. Well, mate, you do that already. I, I honestly don't think that you, you even need to put on too much more size. Like, you are so much bigger than I thought in terms of like your height. And also you're like a thick, you're a thick skinny. <laughs> Like I was a brittle skinny. Like when you like my arms hurt, like thinking about it. But you, you quite like you. Str- you're strong. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm probably not like like you said. I'm like sort of thick. Yeah, but not thick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. Thick, yeah, I'm not like real skinny, but probably like when I went to the club, I was like 69 kilos. Mm. That's dripping wet as well. Um, I'm what are you playing at now? I'm at like 74, 75 yeah. now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there slowly. It's been been a couple of years, and um, yeah, a couple of injuries like two shoulder recos haven't quite helped the upper body and the, mm. the chest and stuff. But um, yeah, luckily I'm, I'm fit and healthy and sort of injuries are, um, have been this year. So you can just attack off season and get better. Has it, like your footy though, the way you go about it, no one questions your bravery, no one questions your toughness. You're already matching it with the best players in the AFL in that aspect. So is there like, is there really a need to try and get too much bigger? Like, do you just want to get stronger? It's not necessarily like getting bigger, is it? Because then... Like I'm saying this from my point of view, my whole career, and not that I reached what you did at all, but like I was always like, "Fuck, I need to get bigger, I need to get stronger." I was like, at the end of the day, like I'm already going, you know, I'm, I'm at this yeah. size. I don't know what it's like <laughs> to be fucking 85 kilos anyway. Yeah. You're already doing it. Like for you, it's is it just more focusing on what you're really good at? Yeah, that, like it's pretty much spot on as well. Like most people always say to me, like, like I don't, if you be put on three or four kilos, I don't think it's going to make you do anything that you don't already do. Yeah. So. Um, for me, it's just about getting strong and just more, probably more confident in my body a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm looking just to get to the, sort of like 78. I think that's where I want to be in the next year or two. So um, I think that will help me take an, another step in my game as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think it's not the bill and all for any young kids out there who think like you have to be big and strong and whatever it is. Like, yeah, I was tiny my whole life and still comparison to the AFL, I'm, I'm pretty tiny now, right mm. now. So um, I think it's more just if, if you want it, you can do it sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. Did you, like, jumping forward, do you think about that a lot when you were picked up? Because like, from an outside perspective now, like, it didn't really look like you ever even took that into consideration, your size. Like, a lot of young players that come in, they go, fuck, I need to, I need to put on bigger, I need to get stronger until I can compete. But for you, you, you know, you're a high pick, small, um, you know, you're ringing wet 69 kilos but it didn't really ever felt like it actually impacted you mentally. Like, did you, was it, was it conscious or was it just, that's how you did it? Yeah. Probably didn't, probably like growing up as well. Like I always played like sort of above my year level and mm. just want, well, wanted to play with the best people I could um, back at my junior club and always trained with the seniors since I was 13 or 14. So I just sort of got used to playing with bigger people and being, being that small kid who just has a crack sort of thing. And my dad was always really big on it as well. Just, basically installed in me like it doesn't matter how big you are what what you're going to do if you like if you want to play AFL go play AFL sort of thing so um and that sort of just translated through my whole career like I remember Hamish Harlett my debut game he was like talking and said when you walked in the club I thought mate, mate like I can't see this kid mixing it with everyone else and then after a month or two he said I was just surprised and just didn't know what like never really seen it before and I but then for me, it's like it's never really been a shock because I've always sort of just mm. that's how I've always been in every team I've gone into. Like it's it's never been I've been one of those like sort of like standout like players who look big and all that. I've just sort of just had a crack, really. It's impressive, man. It really is, and like that's why 
oh, I love watching you play. You and you know this. I, I probably know you too much on social media, and I apologise. But you're one of my favourite players to watch because I think like looking at footy now, and what I understand a lot more from a fan's point of view now that I'm outside the game is like fans actually don't care about players like how good they are. All they care about is if people just have, try hard. And I know that's like it sounds like extremely simple. It's extremely corny, yeah. but like people just love people that give it a crack and like that's exactly what you do no matter where how you're playing like how the team's going you just fucking rip in and that's what people love yeah i think like with port adelaide as well our fans really love just oh, like love effort it. and like just Pair. yeah 100 <laughs> guns blazing and yeah that's kind of supporters they are like and where we're from in adelaide like it's pretty that's how everyone attacks life really in adelaide like from port adelaide side of view so yeah um that's sort of like it's something you get really thrown into when you get into the club and it's made strong that like that you're not going to get a game unless you're willing to do all the hard stuff and um, put 100% effort in and sort of, yeah, I think you'd be a bit embarrassed if you went out and um, you'd probably cop from the fans. So it's something that you really want to get on top of. And yeah, um, yeah it's really, and that's why you love playing in front of them, really. Bloody oath, calm the pair. Do you know that I didn't know for so long why it was called the pair? Like I, I was like, I, I, I thought someone said to us on this podcast that it was on a pear farm. And I don't know, that's a stupid joke, but I actually believed it for a while. But it's pear. If anyone doesn't know, it's calm the pear. Yeah. The pear. Oh, that's how I feel, say the power. Yeah. I'm with you. Like I remember that after a couple months at the club, I was singing like, I still didn't really get it. Like yeah. I was like, I had these, I had these thoughts and like thinking like, oh, it could be that, like, it could be this. And then I remember asking Rose and a couple of the boys like, oh, what's going on? What's the pair? Like, yeah. I'm just like, like one day I had to build some courage. I'm just breaking yeah. silence. I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's like our fans just like can't the pair. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, like oh, that's right. no, so <laughs> gotcha. fucking funny. Oh, I literally <laughs> love it, and it makes like that, like when you know you're seeing the big game Adelaide over, when you see the fans just going nuts, you can actually just look at them going, ah, oh, there. Yeah, they absolutely love it. it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's probably like one of the most used words in Adelaide now. So, yeah, geez, Brown Port, like. It's a massive credit to the Port and what they've been able to do. You know, we spoke to Kane um, Corns a while ago about, you know, a little bit probably before your time, and I'm sure there'd still be people there that speak about it. Like when I first started really getting into footy, like Port were covering up seats, you know, like they yeah. couldn't get people to their crowds. They had no one there. The sort of Porter base didn't really look like it was that, you know, prevalent. Yeah. And you fast forward now, one of the best, I reckon easily the best in-game experience you've got. You've got in excess playing, Adelaide Oval, the jumpers elite. Like it's just, it just seems like an unbelievable place to play. Yeah, it's it's like like you summed it up yeah. really well then. Like just, yeah, playing at Adelaide Oval up. Like you get that excited just knowing you've got a home game coming up and yeah like you said you get the never tear us apart and we run out to um, not not giving in um, so it's like just it's unbelievable and um, all the fans shop now like we're getting 40,000 40, consistently like mm. doesn't matter if it's a Saturday Sunday whenever it is and um, yeah it just makes it really exciting to play footy in front of and um, I know they're really passionate as well um, so they, they always show up win, lose or draw um, but yeah us boys just love playing in front of a good crowd at a good oval yeah how good's that song though yeah like oh. is it sick like I can't remember, like <laughs> a big game like the finals and whatnot obviously didn't go the way but walking out and having that song pumping I don't care what anyone says like a bit of soundtrack to your life is just like you feel like you're in a movie <laughs> yeah. you feel like you're in a movie sometimes yeah I probably didn't notice as much in my, like my first year maybe in my second year um like how how actually like sick it is like mm. and then once you play at all the other venues and sort of get to see like what they do and how it pans out like mm. you think like this is right up there like this is like probably like one of the best in the AFL and 100%. like yeah you get a bit like 
like he's trying to think about the game at the start of it and then like the fans are going nuts and like you know catch yourself singing the song a bit and like, <laughs> and then you're like yeah it's 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 unbelievable to play in. so good hey going back we're talking just before about um you know how you play the game your toughness and and whatnot but a lot of that would have come back from Bacchus Marsh days growing up um playing footy growing up in Bacchus Marsh and playing with Dali. Now you played, um, before you got drafted, you played in a flag with one of my favourite people of all time, he's Scotland, who, who I think is easily one of the best footy brains in the world. Um, how was that experience? Yeah, Scott, it was unreal. I remember like sort of when the club got him back, obviously he'd played his juniors there and sort of went through a similar pathway to me at the Western Jets and then was lucky enough to get drafted. Um, and then, yeah, when he came back, it was a real big buzz around the town and um, I didn't really I hadn't met him before And knew too much about him um, But yeah The town was just really excited To get such a good quality person Back to the like, local footy club Which is like a real Big thing in our mm. town Like it's basically like Our town Like it's what our town fr- Like thrives off So um, And then yeah I remember just like I'd suck I was obviously at Western Jets And doing a bit of Vic Metro stuff at the time But I'd always get down the train When I could And um, yeah But basically like, When you meet him You sort of feel like You've known him for mm. 10 years already He's just like one of them blokes And then um, then he's yeah he's basically become like a mentor for me and then yeah I remember like I'd come back from TIC and like didn't really expect too much like didn't really expect to just like walk in the team and play senior footy I was only like 16 17 and um, but yeah every week he'd just say you're in mate like just just go play footy go do your thing and um, just listen to him like talk about footy and like just talking to him about the game and stuff just yeah he's got unbelievable knowledge of the game and um, but then he's got the other side of being like real hard and mm. sort of like letting you know what you need to do when you need to do it as well. So um, yeah, he's, he's probably one of the best coaches I've had to date. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, you know, I've told the story a few times with, with Scotto, but like he was probably like one of the only people I've ever come across that could just give you such strong feedback. It was like strong and it hit you between the eyes, but you knew that he was doing it because he wanted to make you better. Yeah, yeah. 100%. What are you, like, are you still got a bit of a relationship with him now? Do you still, meant, like, speak to him about your game? Like, what's some things that he sort of said to you that you like, oh, yeah, fuck, I, I still think about that today? Yeah, I remember, like, it was, like, distinctive over my first year. I'd sort of been, was in that team for a couple months, like, just sort of, I'd been dropped a couple of times and mm. I was just, like, lacking some confidence. I'd never really been dropped too much and didn't know, like, I was pretty I was pretty frustrated and angry. Like, I thought I should have been in the team, but then... And I remember just one day, like he'd always text me throughout the year, just ask how I was going, and um, we'd keep we'd kept in close contact, and we normally catch up when I get back home as well. And um, I just like said, could I give you a buzz? Like, just want to have a chat and stuff. And um, yeah, he just probably spoke to him for fifteen minutes, fifteen twenty minutes on the phone, and um, he just told me some things that he'd he'd done in his career, like when he lacked some confidence and um, when people sort of doubted you. And um, so yeah, he told me to like just. Um, like go watch your highlights from like the last year or so like you playing footy or like things that you like you're proud of in your footy and then mm. like sort of that just brings you back and sort of like puts some good energy back in your, you as well and then yeah basically from there like, I've just kept doing that and like if you know if I have a bad week on the track or a bad game I sort of just like um, look back on things that oh, like I've like some of my best footy stages and um, things that I, like vision where I've been in my best form like what I was doing and stuff so that's probably like one thing um, I've got best off him and then just like little things. Like I remember we had the week off before the granny, um, but we had training Saturday morning and I was only, I think I was 16 at the time and um, I said to mum night before, like, I've got to be down and train at nine o'clock like, and I've woken up at like probably just after eight and had some brekkie and um, just waiting for mum and it got really close to nine o'clock and like, I'm only like five minutes down the road and mum was still sleeping better, rushed wake her up like mum, we need to go train and, and then I remember I walked in a minute or two before nine o'clock and um, luckily one of the old like other senior boys walked in as well and he sort of said 
don't don't ever do that again. Like, um, like we got a granny in a week, and you rocked up the train two minutes before we're meant to be here. Like, so like even so, like them little things just like yeah. make me like like you get to train early, you do what you need to do to be ready for training. So, mm. um, yeah, even little things like that just stick with me. Yeah, and I can see why he took a liking to you. It's, it's very similar. Like he he's just he was a tough like. Yeah. <laughs> tough I, you, know, you won't say the word on this show but I think you know what I'm yeah. saying like he just he would like I think he had like a broken ankle and he would still just run on it like every day yeah. like he was just crazy yeah. so I think honestly I'm not the Scotto show here but if anyone is looking for a, someone to get involved in their footy club um, an AFL level I'm saying he's unbelievable I think that he should definitely definitely be considered back as March Dali as a kid what was it like growing up there yeah growing up I was like yeah I, I love the place and that's why I, like, I get back every opportunity I can like just basically live on the same street as three, three or four of my best mates um, we all live back basically on the same street so I just grew up riding my bikes like run the bikes and the footy basically spent most weekends and the footy club like I'd run water for the 18s and then the seniors growing up and yeah just love the footy club like and mum would drop me off at 10 in the morning and pick me up at 8 o'clock at night and just like, that's basically like how I lived every weekend and then I'd go play juniors on on Sunday and um yeah just like so many like good memories at the footy club and we have a couple of little rivers in the town as well so summertime is always fun just like riding your bikes down the river and um, with all your mates and trying to find new swimming spots and going fishing and um, so yeah, it's pretty laid back kind of town but everyone sort of knows each other so it's it's pretty like I feel like when I go back like everyone just knows me like I'm just like mm. I'm sort of like same Zach that they've known since I was 12 years old like Zach from the block <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> like, like the same little kid that was um, running around causing chaos like when I was 12 just around the local footy club and um, yeah, like all my best friends are still from like play for my local footy club, and um, yeah, it's just nice going home. It's just so refreshing to see like, like everyone. Nearly when you go in the street, you're like mm. you just you always see people you know, and it's good to talk to them. And um, everyone's really close knit, and especially our footy club, like um, everyone just knows each other, and like such a caring and safe environment. So, do you have a good bakery in Dallas? Like, I feel like all country. Do you have a good bakery? There is there? a nice, there yeah. is a nice bakehouse. Um, yeah, my dad actually has a tab down there. So when I okay. when I get home, nice. I have to like, sort of watch myself. What do you go for? With, like, are you a pie guy? I love pies. I love a pie, but like they make these like really good chicken sandwich. Like chicken sinny rolls, oh, yeah. so um, that's probably like my go-to. But yeah, it's a bit dangerous to the tab, especially yeah. Yeah, like it was real handy when I was younger, yeah. like <laughs> chucking on dad's tab. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, so now when I go home, every now and then I just chuck on dad's yeah. tab. <laughs> <laughs> my sister actually got banned from doing it. Like dad's like, you can't, you can't just like go eat eat there every day. Like, like we're taking you off the tabs. So yeah. I, I was like enough to keep my spot. That's good. Shout out to your dad. That's awesome. <laughs> Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchen, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. Hey, um, we spoke earlier, but, uh, you know, growing up in Dale, you faced a fair bit of adversity. Uh, as a young bloke there with, with a bit of family um, issues and and um, and whatnot, are you happy to talk us through yeah, yeah. what happened? Yeah, it was sort of like me and my sister going up were we were really close, like little athletics every Saturday morning and 
um, like I'd go watch play netball during the week and she probably didn't want to, but she'd come watch me play footy and um, would, yeah, really like pretty sporty little kids and yep. would always be um, out in the backyard um, re- wrestling or whatever it is. Like she used to belt me up a fair bit, to be fair. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, sort of as we got a bit older, she sort of like, yeah, sort of sort of started hanging out with some wrong people and stuff. And um, I always tried, to, like, as a little brother, I was like sort of tried to be the enforcer. Like, I was like real mm. footy enough, like really just like wanted to be healthy and like train hard and like, do everything right. So I was sort of like, we were sort of complete opposites in a way. And yeah, then I sort of got a bit older and we sort of like um, sort of disconnected a bit. And um, yeah, then sort of like we as a family, we sort of knew like something was a bit off and uh, it's like things weren't quite right. And she had tough couple of years previous to that with um some brain surgery and um going through that and then recovering and then so she'd been through a fair bit like couldn't then sort of lost sport like with her mm. brain surgery couldn't play sport and um sort of lost i probably lost that connection with people like, like like her like through community and sporting clubs and like you do and then yeah sort of just she wasn't home as much as she used to be and sort of things were like mum and dad were getting a bit worried and stuff but you sort of think yeah like, it doesn't happen to like us like it is what it is like hear stories about it and and then yeah just like couple like, i think the day before christmas i mean two days before christmas um like she just went missing and no one, no one heard anything like like i was messaging on facebook mum and dad like trying to call her like trying to call her friends and then yeah so basically like that was a, like probably the, the worst christmas i've had <laughs> it wasn't really mm. um it wasn't really christmas that year um and then yeah as it got on sort of Still months had gone past. I hadn't seen her. Like you sort of, like I said, with Dax Marsh being a small town, you'd hear all these whispers, and you'd sort of just ignore them and think like, "Nah, that's that's not her. Like that's not that's not like you'd sort of nearly a bit of shame in a way." Like, mm. and then yeah, I remember just mum and dad like sitting me down one night and sort of telling me like what what has happened, and like I was like pretty, I was yeah fourteen or fifteen at the time, so I was pretty shell shocked. Like just didn't really know too much about it as well, and like how bad of an addiction it was. Like. Um, so yeah, it's, it's probably one of the toughest things I'd been told as a little brother and stuff. And um, yeah, ever since then, I probably wasn't quite the same for a couple of years. I just yeah, sort of ashamed to go to the footy club. Like everyone, everyone knew that yeah, you sort of your sister become addicted to ice and sort of hadn't seen her in a year. And um, like everyone would always ask you like, how's your sister going? Like, have you heard anything? And like in the end, it just got so draining. I was just like, I don't really want to go down the footy club. Like, I don't. Like, I love footy. Like I just wanted mm. to go there for that two hours, not the the hour or two before like after or before it because it just become and even school like, I just like some days I'd just be like I'm not going to school I just don't want to go to school like it's just like everyone at school would always ask you about it and like it's just like become like no one really asked how I was or anything like mm. it was just like everything was just about yeah w- what's going on like and it just become like really really like become a lot for me and um, lucky I had mum and dad like they were, they were huge and but even for them like, I felt like I just want to take a back seat and like they were they were already gone through enough um in their relationship and with their daughter and stuff so um yeah basically for a couple of years I just sort of like I just wanted to like I just took the back seat and just said like just like go sort that out and um like I, I don't want to be like a distraction so like well, if you need me I'll be here sort of thing and um yeah it, it probably bonded me like me and my parents like way stronger than we were so um yeah but yeah things are pretty good like probably the last basically till I got into the AFL system like I remember even playing Vic Metro like some games like stuff was going on back home and like footy wasn't the most important thing in my life at the mm. time like just like worried about like my parents and how they were going and like if my sister was like healthy and like even alive at stages I was like we hadn't heard of her like um, and then got to an AFL club and 
like you like like AFL clubs are these days, like got such good like networks and good people around footy clubs, and I think it's come a long way um, from probably like back when you were playing, like just how good people are at footy clubs these days and coaches, and how much more easy to talk about things. So um, yeah, I moved away, and um, she was still going through a bit when I moved away. So um, yeah, it was a bit bit of a struggle early days, and like you just I, I felt like I wanted to be there for my parents, like and wanted to be back home and um, be helping out where I could and stuff. So. Um, but yeah, talking to, just talking to some, some people and, um, yeah, getting more knowledge about it and then, um, yeah, just opening up to people really like even mm. we had you in the club and, um, like this is where we're tracking with this conversation. So I was like, I'd been wanting to get it off my chest. So I'd spoken to Kenny, like I'd sort of spoken to Kenny, um, about it for a while and he sort of knew previous to the draft. And then Hugh sort of was doing this thing, the, the triple H, like hero heartbreak or help sort of thing. And. Um, yeah, I'd been thinking about it for ages, like, but just needed an opportunity, like, to, to t- talk to people. So, um, yeah, well, up in Queensland at the time, and like, like, yeah, he basically come to the club before we went out there and said, like, I need twelve people for the first night, like, send me a text sort of thing. And I'm like, like this is a perfect opportunity. Like, I nearly wanted to be tomorrow. Like, I wanted to get out there and speak if it was tomorrow because mm. I just wanted to get off my chest and and. So yeah, basically, I sent him a text. Basically, as I got home from the club, said like, "Mate, like, yep, yeah, like, chuck me on the first twelve. I just want to get it. Sort of, I want to get it over and done with. Like, if you're lucky, if I wait any longer, I'll go insane." Um. So yeah, but yeah, basically, growing up, like, just it's sort of when I look back now, like, it made me like who I am. Like, it's just like like footy and footy, like the two hours at footy and like same. Like, just helped me so much. Like, just like I'd go to the footy club and like. Like I said, other than the, the talk before and after, like where around the club and stuff, like them two hours at footy training with my mates and stuff, and like I was just this unbelievable. And then even at Western Jets and stuff, like it was, it was sort of refreshing going to Western Jets and Vic Metro, like sort of a fresh face, and no one really knew like what would ha- what had happened. So like you could just feel like you just go there with no no stress and like mm. you just play footy and do what you want to do. So um, yeah, footy like it's it, like like it is for a lot of people. It's just such a great escape from like just what's actually happening in your life. <laughs> Mate, it's unbelievable. I don't think I can even add to that. Like you've just, yeah, that's like the way at a young age, I can't imagine facing adversity, going through a family that's going, you know, through something like that. But then to just to already identify now that it's made you who you are. I think that's like the coolest thing sometimes with adversity. Like you wouldn't like, you would take that back and you wouldn't want that experience to happen. But now it's almost made you who you are. It's given you perspective. Um, you're closer with your family than, you, than you'd ever be. And your sister's, you know, on the mend and going really well. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Like, yeah, like you said, like, you never want it to happen to anyone. Like I yeah. said, like, you don't really think it's ever going to happen to you. Like, and even in Max Marsh today, like, just in, like, Dali and stuff, like, it's, it's a pretty, pretty, like, sickening and big issue in our town, like, like it is in a lot of small country towns sort of thing. So, um, like, people you, you grow up with, like, you, you see them go down, like, follow the same path and, like, um, you see other people that you've known your whole life who are like older and stuff doing doing the same thing as well. So um, yeah, it's 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 pretty upsetting and sad like seeing people like you've seen the good side of them and then seeing like around town and stuff like. But yeah, like I said, like it just holds you in perspective and like just knowing that like like it's, I'm pretty proud of my sister today. To be fair, like like back then I was pretty ashamed and like just like when people would ask me, I'm like, oh, don't ask me. I don't know, like yeah. what, whatever, like. I don't really care about it anyway like acting like it didn't really mean that much to me but then I would go home that night and just like make my blood boil but now like just knowing how hard it is to like overcome addictions and like especially ice like it's it's probably one of the worst addictions in the world 
um, and like she's on the mend and like she's got a new boyfriend. She's pretty happy with life and she, she's working and stuff. And um, yeah, she seems like she's in a pretty good place. Like, and it's good to see her um, back to some pretty normalized life. So um, yeah, when you look back now, I'm just like, yeah, pretty, pretty proud as a brother and um, like that. Yeah. She's doing well. It's awesome, mate. That's super, super incredible and massive. Um, yeah, massively would be hugely proud of your sister and what she's been through, and especially your mum and dad and yourself. It's it's honestly incredible. Um, I think from someone that, yeah, probably hasn't, um, you know, I haven't had to uh, deal with, with adversity like that before to hear that story and, and what you've been able to get out with it. It's just, it doesn't surprise me how you, how you are like you are. What would you say to someone that's, been through this like other families like this that are in your situation now like something that could help them or someone that's maybe going through this they've got a friend or family member that could they might be going down this path like is there anything advice that you'd give yeah probably just like like probably just like talk to your mates about and stuff that's probably one thing i probably didn't want to talk about so too many people like but my three or four best mates probably took me like a year to actually just have a chat with them and Mm. like just let them know like that like because like I like just turned down some like like offers to catch up and like just because I wasn't like I just like I had some more serious stuff going on and probably wasn't myself and I like just after I felt like I told them they're like yeah we knew like some wasn't wasn't right but and then like they just like so much support come like then like like they just put their arms out like and like that's what best mates do like yeah so probably just like yeah one thing just like took like don't be afraid to tell people like the the close to you like like because like they probably already know like because like, they know you so well like they already know something's not right so it's probably just easy to have a chat to them and um, probably just yeah talk to your family members and like yeah you gotta like no one else is like it's a pretty hard thing to get help for like it's pretty like one it's pretty expensive like if you don't really have much money like it's hard to get into like rehab centres mm. and um, find help so and there isn't a lot of government support out there for it either so um, you really just gotta like stick to what you know like around you like your family members and um, your mates um, and then yeah, try and find help and talk to people that can help you and point you in the right direction. And um, we we're lucky enough to have a really lovely lady in Baxmarsh who helped us out and um, yeah, basically become like best friends with my sister and just got her into rehab and um, helped our family out. Like she wasn't even my sister's mentor in the end. Like, like I still catch up with her for brekkie, brekkie when I'm home and just mm. talk to her about stuff. And um, yeah, she talks to my parents a bit still. Like she's just like she's been awesome support. So. Um, yeah find someone in the area who knows what they're doing and um, yeah just reach out really it's awesome man and one part I think is really important I love what you said then about like opening up to your mates is like how much better now that you've finally had that chat with like your teammates as you're saying you're so keen to just chat with Hugh Van Kohlenberg obviously with the, the Triple H session you've talked to your mates and you know I went through some some things recently where you know sometimes you've got to be ready to have that discussion as well like sometimes yeah. you're not ready to talk to people but and when you are and you finally open up to people one your relationship with those people is just like it's so much better yeah. and you just like you feel like fuck me like i'm so much closer to these people and people know who i am it's like a weight off your shoulders you don't have to put on a brave face anymore yeah. you can just be open but also like you just feel like free and it's like fuck well everyone knows this now like there's nothing more that i have to you know i have to put my guard up yeah. it's that it is how it is my best mates know it they accept it and you move on yeah, I feel like your relationships with like the people, your best mates, and the people you talked about just skyrocket really, and yeah. go to another level. And you feel like, you know, that welcomes them to do the same thing back to you and your other friends as well. Like it's it's a real, like, I think it's a good thing that should be yeah well normalized and become a popular thing to do amongst friendship groups. 
um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm all for it. And um, yeah, my, I'm lucky enough to have some really cool mates that um, have been awesome. So Awesome, man. I love it. And just sorry to keep up on this, but the, the thing you said before as well, like that I love is like the perspective you get from this, like now, like you're playing footy at the highest level, but really it's at the end of the day, it is, it is professional footy. You're playing for grand final, you're playing for points, but there's so much other important things to life, like having that balance outside of it. You're not always just thinking, fuck, this is, you know, be all yeah. and all. Like with adversity, sometimes you look back and you just go, fuck, like it's actually set me up to be like the best human I can be. Yeah, spot on. I think like with footy players as well, like just who are real competitive and um, real high achievers as well. Like you put so much pressure on yourself that like you've already got so many other people and play, um, things in the world putting pressure on you. Like you, you, but you automatically think it's like you put so much more on yourself because you, yeah. you want to be the best. You want to be you want to be really good at what you do and stuff. But then that stuff sort of things like, like there's a lot lot of people out there doing much worse than I am. Mm. There's a lot of people out there like that are really struggling like and doing it harder than I am right now. So like at the end of the day, like if I just give my best, um, at the end of the day, that's all I can really do. And, um, whether it's good for some people, it's good, whether it's bad for some people, like, and they don't, they don't accept it. Well, that's their choice. Love it, mate. You credit to yourself, credit to your family, credit to honor to be on this show and, and tell us too. I really appreciate you opening up. Um, let's talk about some footy at Port. Super draft 2018. <laughs> you were picked 12, but you've slid. So you were sort of telling me you should have been number one pick basically <laughs> is what you were saying off air before. Is it true like, that you nearly went to Melbourne? Is that true? Um, there was an article saying that like they were trading. I think that was one of the first years where they could pick swap and they were trying to get you ahead yeah. of port. I, I actually had no idea about that until it come out and stuff. Oh, and like, yeah, I didn't really know, know too much about it, but uh, <laughs> breaking news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember like going to the draft. Like, I I didn't expect to even go twelve. To be fair, like, mm. um, like probably didn't. Did you think you'd slide that much? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't think I'd get bolted yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably until I was sixteen, I don't think I really got in the radar of like clubs. Like, I was like a bit of a late developer, height wise. Like, still am. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, like till sixteen, I was like it was my first ever big team I'd made, and um, yeah, I was played some good footy there, and then from there I sort of started getting some more like confidence and like just belief in myself like not many like people from Dali like like get to make it to the league and stuff so I was like thinking like yeah like, hopefully it's me mm. um and then yeah sort of just from there I just really blossomed and um started to play some really good footy and um yeah I remember going into, the, into my draft year like I, I wasn't in like the like up there like in the top 20 or something and then just yeah played some good Vic Metro footy and um yeah really had a good team at Western Jets and a good coach and like a pretty good system down there so they allowed me to play my, my kind of footy and um, let me just have fun and um, yeah and then it, towards the end of the year like, I wasn't playing then I had a shoulder up after the championships and um, yeah sort of just, um, was lucky enough to get some good footy in, in the first half of the year and um, yeah sort of sort of started getting projected a bit high and I was singing like I was, singing, like, I was still a bit shocked like it's, like it's a bit too good to be true like um, and then yeah I was lucky enough to go pick 12 to Port Adelaide and um, I didn't really know I was, I was sort of in that area Like I could go Between 10 to 20 So I didn't really know Where I was Going to go Or what And there wasn't Like There was a bunch of states So I was basically Going to end up Just about anywhere In the in, the, in um, Australia So um, Yeah Being at the draft Mum and dad was, was Yeah It was a really special night And yeah Lucky enough to attend And um, Yeah when, I remember when they called my name I was just like Like froze a bit And just didn't really know Like what to expect And um, But yeah Just like 10 years of like just putting in sort of like a dream and then it all comes true in the space of like 
10 seconds and it's just nuts. So, mm. um, but yeah, so, so grateful that Port Adelaide gave me the opportunity and um, yeah, really lucky to be, got drafted to a great club and um, yeah, basically um, they've accepted us three boys and just like told us to, to be us and just, just play footy and um, make sure you stick within like, what our team um, demands of you on game day. And then other than that, like just, just go out there and do your thing. And um, that's Kenny's really big on that. You probably hear him speak in the media a lot. Like mm. he just wants, wants us to play footy and play what we see and um, just go, go after it really. So um, he's a great coach to play for and um, we've got a really good list with um, a lot of exciting players. So um, yeah, it's a good club to be involved in. Yeah. I love big Kenny in the box. <laughs> he gets really up and about. You know, he does like the, you yeah, know, like, he does yeah. like this shit. He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He loves it. He's <laughs> like, he's just like. He's like, a bit of a dork, but a cool dork. Like yeah. he's like a swag dork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love you, Kenny. Like, he's, he's like, that's like, like what he's like in the coach box is like what he's like with everything. Like, yeah, right. Like he's, he's like missing like most, like right there, like some of the most competitive people I've ever met. Really? Like, like us boys be shooting hoops like sort of like during lunch like we've had some lunch just like shooting mucking out like he walks downstairs like like, like everyone like he loves coke zero like absolutely loves coke as well like just yeah. like you probably seen him drinking in the box for yeah. a bit um and he's like let's let's put a slab of coke zero and who wants who wants to shoot off like, <laughs> like he's just like <laughs> absolutely like and then like my, my first year i'm like yeah he's like i was got the club but i'm like he can't be good at shooting like so I'm like yeah like, i'm like thinking like i'm going over the slab of coke zero today like and he's got me done. Like, oh, wow. And like, yeah, next few days, like just harping on me, like, where's his slab? So I like, had to get in the slab and like, it's a bit of a walk of shame. Like got to walk up the stairs at the club like, and all the boys know who it's for. Like, yeah. Got to chuck in his office and then like, yeah. And then he's just, he's in his office, like smiling, that happy with himself. That's like, so good. And then basically after he's like, it's another victim, mate. Like I, I get most people when they come in. Like, I was just so disappointed in myself. Vic's love of zero. I've never heard of that before. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's he, um, you know, when like from an outside perspective as well, like with that, draft of you three um rosie yourself and dersma i feel like maybe the external point of that was like these three guys are going to take us to like you know our, these are our guys was that like conversation ever had like with the coaching like did kenny ever grab you three and just go hey boys like we really want it where i know we're putting it on you but you three are going to be our guys or did they let you just sort of go as kids and, and play for yeah, you yeah it seemed like they it seemed like they did the yeah. way that you guys played yeah, to be fair, there wasn't too much chat about like you're the future, like you like we need you to be good players. Mm. Like I felt like all of us three like um have good like characteristics and like we, we want we wanted to be that be that sort of player anyway. Like yeah. we already had our mindset on, yeah, we're gonna be like good players, we're gonna put in the work and I think that's the biggest thing. We will come in and just like worked really hard at training and just like trained so hard every session and I think like at the end of the day they probably didn't need to have that chat with us. Yeah. But I remember like after my first year, like we'd just missed out on finals, like we're sort of in the eight going in the last couple of games and just sort of just lost our last few games and tailed off and just missed finals and um i remember ken got me connor and zave and we went and watched the geelong um richmond final um in melbourne and he just wanted to like he just wanted to have, like wanted to watch a game with us like watch a final like big pretty like high intense game and um big game and he said like just like this is what this is what we need you boys to help us do like we need mm. we need to get to this stage and um like like you three are going to be like the next like phase that help us get here like it's it's yeah. not going to be like Robbie or Westy or them older guys um at the club anymore like like they'll, they'll do what they do and like we know what we're going to get out of them like they, they, they're good players like we know what they do for our team but like we need you like you young boys to, like really drive that next wave and get us to there I remember just watching like watching the game with him and just like the big moments like he'd nearly call them before that happened like the next five minutes is like decided and stuff so 
Um, that, that's probably like the only really thing like that he spoke about. But then ever since then, and then yeah, we've been lucky enough to play in two prelims since then. Um, and he was just like sort of wanted to prepare us for their moments and but let us know like that was sort of an expectation as well. So it, yeah, he, he's really good like that, and he's such a people's person, and um, he really knows how to interact with um, people. Um, and I think he's come a long way from talking to the older boys at the club like when he first got there, and I, I've heard he's pretty hard and like pretty tough and like. But compared to now, I think even just with having Hugh in the club and doing so much stuff with the connection space, like he's just like a real good people's person, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, it's pretty big. Like taking into the game and, and saying that, that I got goosebumps thinking about that. That's pretty <laughs> that's pretty massive. Um with the boys as well, like I suppose something I was just thinking about then that maybe so subconsciously happened, I I'm assuming it would have. But when you pick three guys that are are good and they're close in that pick, like I can imagine you're all like best mates, but how competitive you would have been to each other and like wanting to like play first or be the best first young player. And sometimes like I feel when you don't have that competitiveness, if, or if there's someone sort of not with you that's attainable to, to compete with, it doesn't push you to be as good as you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if, yeah, if young guys on, don't yeah. get picked up with people or they don't feel like they're competing for a spot, they're not going to rise to the occasion. Yeah, spot on. I think with us like, it's, it's such a healthy competitiveness as well. Like you will come in at the same stage and you, you sort of like all want to be great and be like such a, a good influence on the team and um, be good players and stuff. And I think like just like, I remember like even in our first year, like we're always just on each other's backs. Like just like, like we, like whoever had more tackles and stuff was yeah. always just like the little things, like not who like the disposals or whatever it was. It was always like just little things. Mm. So, um, and I think now we've matured as people, like we're just, like we lean on each other as well. Like, we know like we've played threes of footy basically every game together now as well so we know our, our strength so much and like just going in the games and stuff like we just like we know like we have to bring energy and bring that spark and that's that's our role for the team like to, to sort of be be them players and stuff so it's always like just good to lean on each other you know like they're pretty much going through the exact same thing you are mm. like, like feeling exactly how you are as well so um yeah it's been good having them cold boys like in the same position just to go through the, the same journey yeah no that's that's yeah you can definitely see that the way you guys push each other it's it's fucking it's honestly exciting to watch like i love watching port adelaide and especially you three just do your thing um and you know that because i (laughs) I should stop messaging you um now with the 2018 draft we spoke about before obviously that's been spoken about kane corns you know very (laughs) bullish on yourself and connor rosie and dersma um but if you had to pick that now not including you and your teammates who would you say your top five would be of those players? Can you think like yeah. that you – and because you've seen them, I suppose, from yeah. you know playing with them all the way through to what they've been able to do now. Is anyone even – maybe the next question would be who surprised you the most? Yeah, I think Walsh is like – he's incredible. Like yeah, Sam Walsh, Walsh, like even like when we reverse him um, in our state games going up and He's stuff. number one? Yep, number okay. one. Okay. By, by fair way. Yeah. In my, in my books anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. Is, he's like next level. Like just yep. – and like, yeah, he's, he's – he's, yeah. I love, I love, I love him. watching him play as well. He's yeah, a great player. Um, yeah, second, I reckon like Bailey Smith, like to be fair, is, yeah. my, is my second. Like the way the way he's like played the last couple of years of footy and like his what, finals were fucked as well. Yeah, like mate, it was unbelievable yeah. in the finals. Like, um, and he's like they're, they're both pretty like pretty much got similar strength, like just absolute freak runners, like mm. who work really hard um, and have and have good skills and um, good footy knowledge. So like, yeah, they're they're one and two for me. And then probably after them, it's probably like. The King Brothers, like, um, like it's pretty rare. You get like them, them, like I know, insanely crazy, insanely skilled key forwards, 
um, two in the same draft. Like basically, they're basically clones of each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to play with them, and like they're they're just like they're like you don't really get them players too often um, in AFL. So yeah, they're like they're three and four for me. Um, five would have to be. Put, yeah, put, I'm gonna stick with Connor at five. Yeah. Like he's insanely quick. Like probably the quickest human I've never like been around. Like, really? Just like insanely quick. Like though. first five, or is it like the build up speed? Because I feel like he's got a real. Yeah, like his top speed is like yeah. crazy. Like just basically like, and the most agile. Like yeah, like I, I don't really you, you don't really ever see him get tackled too much. Like yeah. it's just like super agile. Like he got strong hips. Yeah, like he's just like insanely quick though. Like mm. he gets the ball, and like if there's anyone around him, like you just know like he's he's getting out of there. Like, um, and if you if you've got any space near him, like just just kick it like near him. Like, yeah, and he's just like so. Yeah, he's, but then he like he's strong. Like he's got like he's got. A pretty good jump, like he's just like he's got he's got it all. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to playing. Is it Rosie or Rose? It's Rosie. Rosie, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> no, <it's good. laughs> Fantastic. Um, no, it's good. It's very exciting. Put in a good space. I'm excited. I need to get a membership next year. For <laughs> yeah, we'll Port. have to get you on board. Please do Port Adelaide. Please do. Um, I thought that this like we've obviously met via lo- online. Were you saying earlier that we actually have crossed paths before? Is this true? I'm actually nervous yeah. of this. <laughs> we actually have. Like, like me and my like mate who were involved at the time. Like, we still talk about it. Like, it comes up like every every. <laughs> this is. Oh, I don't know if this is a fish take or not. <laughs> no, I'm serious. 100 serious. Like every every year. Like, like oh, he's from, he's from Melbourne. Like every time I catch up with him, like, um, we always like this. It's always this conversation always comes up. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> so we'll under. Un- under 16 um, Vic Metro try it's at Icon Park yeah um, I reckon it was like it was would have been pre maybe like pre-season for you guys or um, whatever it was but yeah we're sort of doing our warm-up having a few shots for goal and stuff and oh my god I remember this do you remember this <laughs> I think I do so me, me and my mate well she's like you probably remember redhead bright redhead redhead like, bright yeah. redhead like he's like yeah. the most distinct um, yeah. redhead you'll ever see so we're having shots from the pocket there's a few of us boys there like all trying to like nah it's it's like from just inside the junction from the pocket where like um your leads into your gym yeah, area and yeah. stuff and and like you come out with like one of the other boys and you're like next person <laughs> who slots it like a pair of shoes on me and we're like like we've all raced to get a footy like yeah. who's gonna slot it first like and like what my mate Walsh he already had a ball in his hand like he's just thread, threaded it like first kick and like you're like you're the winner Still runs inside, like brings out these like fresh Nikes. Like we're trying, we're warming up for like steak. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is unreal. Um, like, like what size are you? Like run inside. Like he's got a fresh pair of Nikes for the game. We're like mate, that bloke is unreal. Like what a sick guy. Like, oh, I promise that wasn't planned. But I literally used to have a key to that like Nike closet at, at Carlton, and I hope Shane or someone's not listening. But geez, the amount of boots I'd give out to people was ridiculous. I remember that. That was un- yeah. You know, I remember thinking, and what was your mate's name? Nick Walsh yeah. Nick Walsh Yeah D- He didn't get drafted? No he didn't nah, nah. Fuck me You know what I mean Like I was really hoping He'd be the number one pick That story <laughs> That story would have been A lot better But I'm still yeah. happy That you were there Yeah That's so, great And like yeah It was like Probably like three or four And like just Like we're trying to walk For the game The whole time We're just buzzing like but sick. I don't think that they fitted him, did they? Was he too small for him? Or was no, it? they did. Like oh, they he did. still has him at his house now. Oh really? Like, I was I was over there. I was over there like start of the year. And he's like, yeah, they're like the shoes like deal game. Yeah. I'm like, this this is like insane. So it always comes up in conversation. Like, oh yeah. well, can we get a photo of that? Yeah, on the shoes. I want to get. The yeah, shoes I'll, I'll, I'll I'll sort that out for you. Yeah, good. Oh wow. So yeah. ever since then, I thought like, mate, this guy's a sick dude. Like, 
Oh, I'm not that much. Like, who does that? Like, yeah. it's just like, some, like 16 year old kids, like AFL player. Like, just that's like, awesome. We, we loved it. I'm getting a bit embarrassed, but that was, um, <laughs> no, I do remember that. And I think that, like, honestly, the one thing that, like, I miss, I don't really miss anything from footy, but the one thing, like, I would say to any players, and, like, I hope that you would do this now that you're in that position is you don't understand like how much you can make someone's day like just by those little things and that's like I know like I can try and do that now but you can't do it the same yeah. like footy giving a kid a pair of boots that like it's yeah. just like and I, I'd totally forgotten that about that to be honest and it doesn't it's no skin off my back but like you can do that and like it will it's a long lasting memory for someone else yeah exactly like yeah like we'll probably talk about to, to a 60 like. <laughs> <laughs> like, so good like yeah like yeah and like yeah like, I, like drumming on my head like just popped in my mind like, I, was start, I started laughing in the car on the way here I'm like this is going to be unreal like, oh, that's awesome man <laughs> no I'm happy I, yeah just a good bloke man yeah. like, you know like he's just a standout yeah. guy that's fantastic he's one of the good guys <laughs> um, to finish off on some tidbits something that you, you I've pumped you up a lot today but something you need to get better at is eating tomato sauce and all your food it's actually embarrassing you're an adult you're an adult Okay, you've got to develop those taste buds. Um, you can't just be slapping tomato sauce on everything. That's what Tommy Sheridan does. It's like, we'll go out to a nice cafe, we haven't been there for a while, and he'll order a nice move, like he'll order a nice steak, and he'll just smack some tomato sauce on it. It, it reflects badly on the whole friendship group. <laughs> oh, I, I like, my friends all the time, like, like we walk in there, like, get food, and even the boys at the footy club, like, they're just, I feel like they're embarrassed to be with me. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, and then it makes me embarrassed, and yeah. I'm like, but I have to do it. Like, you just love it. I don't want to do it, but like, I have to. Like, yeah, I just love tomato sauce, but like, I am starting to expand more. Like, the diet's sort of reaching new levels now. So, um, but yeah, there's still times I'm like, can I take the mayo off and just add tomato sauce? Oh. And like, and like, oh, I'm, like, like just sick. get instant like absolute dirty looks from your mates, and like, you're like, you're like, oh, I don't want to do it, but like. Yeah, I just love tomato sauce. Yeah. You should get the one on the key ring that you can just like squeeze out. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Like in Adelaide, I have like five or six bottles just like in my pantry. Did you got a, a, a certain, which is your one? Do you go for a certain one? Like sometimes I yeah. used to like that, like, you know, you can get the, not the rally, like the yeah, old school yeah, one gotcha, yeah. with the parrot on it. Yeah. I, that one? I like White Crow. White like Crow. Brand. Like okay. I just, um, yeah, I think we, my mum just like always bought that growing up and like, um, like you actually, I can't get that. You can't. I couldn't find it in Adelaide. So every time I come home, I'm sort of like load you up to, yeah, okay. to get back and like, you get the big three liters. <laughs> yeah, and then just fill up yeah. the little tubs. <laughs> so like, so I'm a bit weird. of a tomato. It's a bit, it's a bit sickening at stages, but like, mm. um, yeah, I'm getting better. Like eventually, like, I have barbecue sauce, a bit more things now. So I'm slowly getting there, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's grind. Okay, do you like Subway? You should get the do you like Southwestern sauce. I do like Subway. Yeah, Southwestern Chipotle. I haven't had it no. As, like, it's always just like really good man. tomato sauce. Very, very. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you eat? Like, do you, I'm not sure. Like, like, probably up until a couple of years ago, like, I just, well, I was like, I'm probably like, I'm probably still am to be fair. Like, I don't eat eggs. Really? So, like, I'm a bit like that, but I, I have to have them scrambled. I don't like them like poached. The yolk freaks yeah. me out a bit. So, I don't eat eggs at all. Like, it's no eggs. So, like, like, when I go for breakfast, like, it's always awkward. Like, can I have eggs and bacon with no eggs? So it's just yeah, bacon yeah. on toast. <laughs> like, it's pretty weird now. I think about it. like even even like the older I'm getting, I'm like it, it's pretty shit. Just copy like, egg. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty like it's just boring. It's pissing like, really, isn't it? And like the more I like and like and just having that for like so like all the time, like it's starting to just get a bit dry and boring. So, um, yeah. If anyone's got any ideas, help me eat eggs. Like, yeah. You got to try. I will tell you the one way. My missus makes an incredible. Um, what's it called? Not a quiche. 
Maybe it is quiche. And you like put heaps of like veggies and then you put it in a pot and then you pour like egg over it and it's like yeah. a- Omelette? Not an omelette. No, nah, it's, it's similar to an omelette, but it's a quiche. So it's a bit like, it's like a pie. Yeah. Um, you can have tomato sauce on it too. Actually, I actually had some last night. It's really good. So maybe try that. Omelettes are good. Omelettes are really good. Yeah, weird ones. Like I have tomato sauce and French toast. Well, that's egg. Yeah, I know. I, I, like, I love yeah. French toast. Though. I love French toast. Like, but like, like yeah. smothering tomato sauce. Yeah, that's normal. Is that normal? Yeah, I think that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes you feel a lot better. Myself. Good. <laughs> hey, um, you're a young man. What's next for you? What's your goals on off field? What do you want to do? Yeah, footy wise, I just want to take that next step in my game. Like, yeah. I feel like I've, I've sort of shown what you're I can. You're going do. to. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm going to. No, you are. You, you already have. You haven't done it yet. But you've. Everyone's saying that you're the next. Uh, you see the article, Ancorns. No, I haven't. No, oh, I don't. Okay. I'm not like a real massive like. I forwarded to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It might give me a little confidence boost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like yeah, t- going to that next level and like becoming one of the, the dominant players um, in the AFL and love that. Um, that. That's that's my next goal and that's what I'm working really hard towards. Like you said, in this off season and um, my running and I'm just taking like gym to a next level and. Um, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, speaking to the club process and stuff, just getting some more time in that midfield. And I think yep. I can, I can help us, our team in there and, um, bring, bring my strengths in there, which is like, yeah, just attacking the game and, um, clean and being quick and, um, just help, helping us around the stoppages and getting the ball moving forward. And, um, yeah, hopefully lacing out big Dicko a few times would be yeah, nice. So, nice. um, off field, um, yeah, just want to keep, um, I'm doing a bit of work with, um, Ronald McDonald house at the moment. So, um, I'm really enjoying that and like it's good to get down to the house every now and then just like like you said perspective again just like talk to some people and what they're going through and um, like you said I can just help make someone's day and um, go down there and just help out where I can there and um, probably pick up I'm not sure like exactly what I do, want to do post footy yet like it's something I've been thinking about like got a few ideas but um, nothing like settled so just like try and find um, what I want to do next yeah. um, with my life and um, what other hobbies but yeah, probably putting a lot of time into golf as well. I need, I need to get better. Yeah, you do, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I need to get better. We'll have to have a game. We'll, honestly, we'll have a game soon because I think you're probably the only bloke I could beat <laughs> at this stage. I think you're the only one that's somewhat I'm real competitive than now. Me. I'm, I'm like a real competitive. I'll probably go 200 golf balls tonight. <laughs> yeah, you should. You definitely should. Um, do you know as well that I know it's, it's a good thing that you didn't, you don't read the um, newspapers because I was starting a rumour about you. Did you hear this? Did you see this? I, I was know. starting. I was trying to start a rumor on Twitter that you were getting traded to the Blues, <laughs> and it didn't take off because other people knew. Because I was um, again speaking to Kane Corns, so I was trying to fire him up because he was doing trade radio, oh, okay. and I was like tweeting and saying, "Apparently, um, Zach Butters is is requesting a trade to Carlton," and like there was a few kind of pairs that were like biting at it. So like, you got you got a few. I got a couple. The, like, a couple. That's all you need. That's yeah, what you need. A couple of bit, which is good. So can we just confirm that that is true? <laughs> I can confirm it's not true. Okay, but um, yeah, it's good to see Vossi there. I think he's he's an awesome. Yeah, man yeah. What's for the job? Yeah, what's a give us a quick insight on that? I totally yeah. Yeah, Vossi. Man. Yeah, he's he's like such a good bloke, and I think like he w- works really well, and like um, really good at driving standards, and like he like sort of like as he was as a player, is like pretty ruthless, pretty ruthless, and like but like he's real big on the connection side of things as well, and he was like really helping lead that at the club. Um, he like took some weekly sessions and like. Um, he's really good just working with young people and like yeah he's just he's like really I feel like you can talk to him about most things and 
um, yeah, like I said, he's had such a successful footy career, and I think like second time around, like I think he'd be really, really good for the job. And I think like kind of lucky to have him. Like, yeah, I know a lot of like us boys like sad to see him go because he's like such a good quality person and like someone you want around your footy club. So for sure, um, yeah, hoping he absolutely kills it there. I reckon. Yeah, no, you make a great point. Like, do you think that just on that that um with the second time around as a coach, like, would he, did he ever speak about that like as his piece of when he was coaching there, like that, that you know he'll obviously would have developed a lot and learned from that um, first go at it and he'll be you know much better for the run and being with Port 2 under Ken and all these other people it's yeah. going to be a completely different situation really yeah I think like the five or six years he had at Port Adelaide um, like just being this, like the second guy and yeah. basically the assistant coach like but doing a bulk of the work as well I think like I'm speaking to him like it, it sort of took a bit of pressure off him at the start and then but now he's sort of like he was seeking getting back into that full time role and like seeing himself that like he'd improved so much. Yeah. Um, as a coach and as a person as well, like he was ready to um be be a senior coach again. So um yeah, stoked for him. Awesome, mate. Thank you so much. That's uh great chat. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for having me. No, I love you. <laughs> you know that. And we're mates now officially. We are, we are. So fucking cool. I can't wait to tell everyone. <laughs> Sick. I'm gonna get over to Adelaide and we'll hang out in Henley. Yeah. Go to the beach. Oh, yeah. summertime, like Adelaide. It's pretty, it's pretty nice in Henley Square. Go Got to feed. get over there, man. We were saying before, like you know, with the weather and stuff, it's just not. And I've got to. It's it's more me here. I've just got to put Adelaide a bit more in front of mind. We have a big. We love Adelaide. We have a lot of beautiful people that listen to the show in Adelaide. I've, I need to commit to being better at being Adelaide. Yeah, like, I'd never been to Adelaide before. I got drafted, like so. Like, I didn't really know what to expect yeah. either. So I was like. But now being there, it's like it's actually a lot nicer than I actually thought it was. Yeah. Like previously, from just being in Melbourne, it's beautiful. It's very quiet though. Isn't there? There's not much like there's no traffic and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it's probably like the best thing. Like, you, like there's no traffic. Like, you can buzz around anywhere in like 20 minutes or so. Mm. So, um, it's pretty handy. Like compared to probably playing for Melbourne Club, I'm guessing like there'd be a fair bit of traffic getting the train. Oh, there's traffic. Stuff. Yeah. Do you know that? Again, I don't know if we're still recording, but when I um got delisted from Carlton, I before I got picked up to the Giants, I was going to move to Adelaide, and I was I was probably going to play Sample. Really? Yeah. For what club? For um, Central Districts. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they're a bit out, aren't they? Yeah, they're a bit like, they're like half an hour out from like maybe 45 minutes. Yeah, like it wasn't confirmed or anything, but that was one of the clubs that was like keen to get me over. And I was like, fuck, I wanted to get out of Melbourne, yeah. like really badly. And I think like it never, it didn't get close enough for me to ever like sign or anything yeah. like that. But I was, and one of my good mates, Nick Coleman, who is at Gold Coast now, he was playing at Centrals at that time. I yeah. was like, fuck. I reckon if... I had have not been picked up again I would have gone to Adelaide yeah well, yeah it's I've played two sample games both against Central Districts fun fact they're pretty rough aren't they yeah it's pretty tough out there yeah, like, that's pretty... what I wanted me love it you attract what, what you want so. exactly exactly um, but thanks so much for the chat man I really appreciate it love what you're doing can't wait to see you you really tack next year I, I honestly have so much belief that you will get to everywhere you want to be one of my favourite players to watch it's been an honour Thank you. Oh, it's been a while coming, but good to get in the show. Love it. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Annie Boyd, what's your favourite part of being a part of the Port Adelaide Football Club culture? It's a good question. Yeah, I think like just from all the older guys, like... Um, they've just embraced like all us young boys so well, and yeah, um, yeah just like we're pretty much one big group, and um, yeah, like you, I'm pretty, I go through the whole list and like pretty much say like yeah, I can, like, they're all blokes and just like love hanging out with them outside of footy as well. Like so, like they're just good. T-
teammates and good footy players like off field as well. Like they're just good people to be around. So yeah, it's probably my favourite thing. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.